submitted for your consideration. Man has always challenged nature, thinking that they contain the elements. But what happens when nature changes the rules and fights back? This is a Nature vs. Man 2 for one literary licensed podcast episode exploring science fiction and horror and weighing the outcomes of a dying planet with your co-hosts Keith Chalko, John Wilson, Vicki Ray, and Jesse Fultz. Man will forever be changed. Hello, welcome to the Literary License Podcast, and it's our Nature versus Man episode, and we're covering two films, The Color Out of Space from 2019 and The Beach House from 2019. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We have John Wilson with us. Hello, John. How are you? Hey, folks. I'm doing good. Hope you all are doing well. And we got Joe Randazzo. Hello, Joe. Hello, everyone. Great to be back. And we have Vicki Ray. Hello, Vicki. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be back. And I'm Keith Shago, and let's talk about what we've been up to since last time we've seen each other. And because Vicky has such an exciting life, let's start with her. I do have an exciting life. I don't have an exciting life at all. I got to dirty it up a little more. I'm getting <laughs> the boring. The Chronicles of Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> the Chronicles of Vicky. I know. If I was 30 years younger, I'd have much to tell. Um, nope. Uh, just Soon to come to a porn site near you. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised it hasn't. Um, <laughs> No, not not a whole lot. Like I said, um, we're just gearing up for the race season with Asher. It's like every weekend, so we're always busy doing that. And and other than that, I I've been reading the books that Keith chose because <laughs> I didn't choose this one, but uh, it's actually pretty good. I kind of like the classics. Buy them all before they disappear, folks. And um, I I finished Discovery of Witches, and I always hate when they come to the very end of something because I was really getting into that and. I got to the last episode. Now you got to wait a whole year. That's the problem with these shows. You got to wait a whole year again. Yeah. And Asher got me into this, uh, this, this kitty show on Amazon. It's called Gortimer Gibbons. And it's, it's just funny. It's just a great show, especially if you got kids. And I found myself imbibing in evil dead movies again. I don't know if it's because we're trying to come up with franchises to cover for you know another that's a good one actually coming up yeah and it's you just can't go wrong with it i mean it doesn't get old you know even the even the remakes aren't really bad at all and um other than that are you sure you can understand it huh and they said you're sure you can are you sure you can understand it what the evil dead no the children's program oh the children's program (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know because there's not any swear words so i find myself you know trying to you know train my ear to (laughs) <laughs> non-profane <laughs> lingo but now it's actually really good you know i found mm. myself watching every once in a while he'll put something on and you know he'll want to watch it and he's always mm. when i'm not here he's always doing roblox on my computer just like a pox on anybody who showed him about roblox i mean oh my god this kid's obsessed these kids will just sit there you know they mm. they just love it but other than that i got my little charities that i work on this time of year but I'm pretty lame other than that. <laughs> and what about yourself, Joe? What have you been up to? Uh, that, uh, restaurant is back open, so I've been I've been back at work. And this weekend's going to be probably insane because of March Madness. Yeah. Um, big dips, big dips. Hopefully. Well, I, I mean, I, I used to make, I, we're 50% capacity, so I don't think I'm going to make nearly what I used Push to. Push the booze. 
<laughs> oh, I always do. And uh, I, I like that people kind of hang around for like the full game because I basically, once everything fills up, I just kind of go up and down the aisle, just getting everybody refills and knocking that tab up. Uh, besides that, I'm 15, uh, 15 pages into my fourth script since the lockdown. And you've been booking. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I was talking to uh, to, to Brendan Bassam, who, who wrote Shakespeare's Shitstorms. I might be heading out for the premiere of his film if I um, uh, next month in L.A. And That'd it's, be awesome. It'd be awesome. Uh, I mean, we, we don't know how things are going to work out, if things are going to remain open or what. Um, and I'm like, okay, I wrote four screenplays in the last year, but what the fuck am I doing with them if you know, nothing's yeah. open? You know, yeah. it's, don't sit on them. I mean, I'm not going to sit on them. I'm going to be sending them out uh, and getting things done with them. But, uh, you know, you keep writing and there's nothing, nothing, not much filming right now. So what do you do? Um, Beyond that, uh, I've been watching a lot of movies as usual. Um, Just saw Psycho Gorman, which is going to be on Shudder soon. I know. He he sent me the trailer to that. I got to watch that. That looks like a who. Oh, my God. It is a fun little movie. It's... um, it's uh, from the makers of uh, Father's Day from Troma. So oh, yeah, uh, Father's Day. <laughs> fun little, fun little film. Um, so yeah, just uh, writing and uh, doing this stuff and uh, yeah, watching the movies uh, for, for this, uh, for this podcast. John. I have still been on the, you know, roads trying to house shop, trying to get a new home and uh, it's coming along, you know, I'm, I'm finding still areas nothing. that I don't like and finding areas that I like. So it's a good thing. And, you know, it's one of those processes that everyone you know, at some point goes through and I'm like, I now understand your pain. Like are, I now are understand. Just, are you just well, trying to move over to the other side of the GW or? Yeah. I'm looking at Jersey city. I'm looking at uh, the village to historic downtown um those areas not really i don't really want to go to hoboken but i might just because of the the price and the range that i'm right. trying to get into north jersey um, is actually very nice yeah jersey. it is it is but at the same time it's still a little bit of a trek versus like the good thing about yeah. new jersey city is it's by the light rail and the path the right. other up, yeah. up is harder you kind of have to either take the ferry across and that's it right or you have to take the light rail all the way down and then the path all the way over and then the train all the way up so it's like yeah so, uh, and I've just been, uh, I watched a few movies. I watched Palmer, which is on Apple TV, really good movie. Um, it's with Justin Timberlake, but I mean, he's okay as an actor, but it's the kid that's in it, which is fantastic. And I, my friends were like, you have to watch this movie. You have to watch this movie. I'm fine. But they didn't tell me anything about it. And I was like, and I'm like, what is it about? And they're like, well, just, you just have to watch, you have to watch. And I was like, okay. And, and it's true. You just kind of have to watch it and go, Oh, and then once you start to see what it's about, the kid is just hysterical in it. It's it's just a, a beautiful story. It's a beautiful movie. Um, highly recommend. And I've also been watching, I've been for some reason perusing YouTube and watching gamers play games. So there's a, a gamer by the name of Gabby Smolders who does a lot of like indie horror, um, Asian indie horror film uh, oh, cool. games. So I watch her play these and it's like, I don't, sometimes I have the balls to play some of these games because of the jump scares and I, even watching her play, I'd be like, oh my God. I'm like, what, how do you keep playing this game? And Asher watches those on YouTube aggressive. too, especially the games with the jump scares. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God. You have to watch her. You have to watch her. She's fantastic. And she's Dutch and she learned, um, she learned Japanese 
for five years. And so she, she'll translate. She'll be like, oh, that sign says, bah, 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 bah. and then she'll like go and, How and cool. she, she's aggressive at it. Meaning like when something scares her, she's like almost funny about it. She's like, oh, hey, like she was playing a game the other day with all these like creepy dolls that would run across the screen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck that. Nope, I'm done. I would be like, I'm done. She's I don't like, do oh, dolls. She goes, hey, little guy, where are you going? And she would like run after it. I'm like, oh my God, she's so fearless. But yeah, so I've been spending a lot of hours watching her play different games. And then she also, she'll replay games like Majora's Mask. And she's right now playing Twilight Princess because it's Zelda's 35th anniversary. So I was like, really like, oh my God, I can't believe she's playing one of my favorite games. So I've been like watching her her do that her do her thing other you're, than that just that oh sorry yeah you're you're the second person to, to, to uh suggest that justin timberlake movie to me in 12 hours i haven't yeah. heard of it beyond I before heard yesterday of it it's fantastic it last is, night and- what's it called again john palmer Palmer. Yeah. Palmer. So his his okay. name is his name is Palmer. So it's like it's like my name's John, but it'd be like right. people call me Wilson. They'd be like, hey Wilson, Palmer, you know. And right. It's about it's about a guy who I could what I can say, it's about a guy who is like Liz Midwest and is get, getting out of prison, being in prison and being sort of now how does he find his way back into society and what right. kind of things are around him that either motivate him to lean into what he why he got in there or to pull him away from it and it's it's really right. good and it and it's about a little boy that's in it as well that that's you know it's it but it's great I, I i just remember being completely engrossed in it when it ended i was like wow i thought i'd be bored by this but it was not boring at all kind of surprising every, these movies little sleeper movies pulling yeah. in and Hillbilly uh, something is another one on netflix which is fantastic with glenn close and amy adams oh it was so good hillbilly memoirs hillbilly hillbilly elegy i haven't seen that it is so good it is so so good and i highly recommend that one that one's another one with amy adams and glenn close as her mom i think glenn close got nominated for the oscar for it she should have because she was fantastic and then at the end i didn't realize it was an actual real life story because then they show pictures of the the yeah it's really good you'll like it and myself, what have I been up to? Um, I've started watching Snowpiercer on Netflix. I was going to start watching that. That looks really good. It's actually very, very good. I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, it's kind I of funny. The well, the funny thing about it is like, I thought, it's like I watched, I'm almost at the end of season one. So I thought, okay, I'm going to dig out the movie because I, you know, I don't think I've seen it. And I had to sit there and say that last time I was home, um, my sister's husband, was watching this film with these people on a train. And the thing is, I didn't watch the whole movie, but I, but after watching um, Snowpiercer, the movie, I realized that actually that was the movie that was on repeat at my right. sister's house. So I would like see like five minutes of the end and five minutes of the middle and five oh. minutes of the beginning. It's like, so, so by the time I sat there going, I think I've freaking seen this movie. And then finally, um, I go, oh my God, this is the movie that was playing on a loop at my sister's house when I was there. But yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, it's, um, I had than say the TV show, they spent a hell of a lot more money on the TV series on the series itself than they did the movie. So, but I think it's but the, the movie itself had like great people in it. I think great it's the director stuff. of Parasite. Yeah, uh, last the, best picture winner. I think it's the same director. Yeah, Pak something one, Pak Chuck one or whatever his name is. So, so yeah, so I've been watching that. Finished Vampire Diaries. Um, getting excited because tomorrow on Netflix, Sky Rojo starts from the makers and writers and directors of money heist so nice. i'm looking forward to that so that that's like that's gonna be fun and beside that 
Yeah, just working. Finished Gulliver's Travels for next month. That's and... only halfway through it. I'm still I'm still traumatized by that. I mean, that. Some of these books, these classics, they just really you just never know <laughs> when you start uh, reading. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, I had to sit there and say I was a bit shocked with Gulliver's Travel. Shocked in a good way, and I had to sit there and say I liked mm-hmm. it. I mean, uh, if you listen to our Robinson Crusoe episode this month, you realize how much we all hated it. And I actually really <laughs> like Gulliver's Travels, and it and Gulliver's Travels is a piss take of Robinson Crusoe, which is quite fun in its own way. So right, but yeah. So, but besides that, now I'm just reading on um, Control Z, which is a um, Russian zombie novel, which is quite interesting. What's it called? Control Z. Control Z. Why does Basically, it's about it's it's about um, Russia invades America by dropping a bomb that turns America into zombie, so they can annihilate. Doesn't them. sound like anything out of the usual. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it, uh, I have to say it's really really well done because it's done from the the eyes of these um, Russian soldiers. So it's it's quite interesting. It's, it's sent to me by um, Permuted Press, who wanted me to review it. So yeah. cool. So that's quite good. <clears throat> and other than that, not a lot going on. And you go, I got next week off, so I'll be catching up on all the editing that needs to be done. So that'll be fun. So that brings us to The Color Out of Space, which is a 2019 American science fiction Lovecraftian horror film directed and co-written by Richard Stanley based on the short story The Color Out of Space by H.P. Lovecraft. It stars Nicholas Cage, Julie Richardson, Elliot Knight, Madeline Arthur, Kranika Kaletscher, and Tommy Chong. This is Stanley's only feature film since his firing from the island of Dr. Monroe from 1966. According to Stanley, it is the first film in a trilogy of Lovecraft adaptions, which he hopes to follow up with the adaption of the Dumbwitch Horror, which is currently in pre-production works with Elijah Wood's character production company called Spectre Vision who Elijah Wood is one of the producers of this film so hopefully um, he'll get his second if he doesn't go into jail for wife abuse <laughs> so before we go any further let's go to the trailer and be right back to discuss the cover of the space look at this all those years in the big city we finally got out we're living the dream maybe it is a dream Actually, I don't even know what color it was. It wasn't like any color I'd ever seen before. Looks like a meteorite. You mean it's radioactive? I mean, it's from space, right? Meteorites are generally no more dangerous than ordinary rocks. How can something that big just disappear? Did you plant those? No. Ward, you come here for a sec. Oh, God. 
What are you doing? Shh. It's talking to me. Who's talking to you? A man in the well. It's in the static, it's in the moisture. It's in here, it's out there. And what's out there is in here now. Everything's under control. Why are you so in denial? That thing from the meteorite changes everything around it. back to the Literary Legends Podcast, and we're discussing The Color Out of Space from 2019, and starting with John, what did you think of The Color Out of Space? I, first of all, I do love me some Lovecraft. I'm, I'm actually a fan of the writing and the style, and I did, I never even knew, I don't think I've even seen the trailer for this, so when you suggested this film and, the, and then the other one, The Beach House, I was like, I don't know what even to expect, so I didn't, I started to watch the trailer and then I stopped, because I'm like, I just kind of want to go into this with, like, no knowledge of what this is about, and I, first of all, I'm not a huge Nicolas Cage fan, I feel like, it, maybe it's just me, I feel like every Nicolas Cage character is just Nicolas Cage, <laughs> like, it's not, yeah. like, a degree yeah, of real you difference. Point. You got a point, <laughs> Like every, I'm like, oh, it's it's it, yeah, it's totally just Nicholas Cage, Cage eating Cage. scenery again. <laughs> oh, look, it's Nicholas Cage eating scenery again. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so I'm literally like, oh, this is leaving Las Vegas. No, this is literally just Nicholas Cage. Like you know, um, but I did. I love the style with it. Um, I loved the. You don't really know what is going on and you don't really know what was happening and even at the end you're kind of left to speculate was it witchcraft was it something that was a cosmetic uh, cosmic force that just kind of came and did this was it the water was it you know like so you kind of are left in this sort of ambiguous but do you um, think it had something to do with her wiccan thing that was going on possibly and then the meteor hit yeah, I mean, part of it because her her if you go back to that first scene, her what she wanted most was to be go- left to leave. She wanted to be taken. She wanted to go. Like I don't want to be here anymore. I want to be gone. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go. And and so, though I think it's weird because when it's only when the father kind of goes is when everything stops. So I thought maybe it should have, in in my own opinion, I think they should have had that happen first, and then the scene with her be the last thing that happens then it's left in that wasn't her was it something else like right because then it left me to be like well if it was her then it would have just stopped there but it kind of kept going and he went in the house and then he sees a family and it's like very trippy black hole weird you know um i would say the only thing i didn't really like about it is that the family was just uncompletely unlikable they were unlikable i have to admit i didn't give a shit about any of them i was like oh well (laughs) i I agree with you totally agree with you on that because there was nothing to like usually we always talk about getting vested in characters but there was nothing really charming about any of them they were all assholes in their own right yeah and another annoying child another another annoying little boy who's 
and it was like, oh God, something just swallow him. And literally, it did, didn't it? I mean, I kind of, um, I have to say, there seemed to be a slight lack of context about why the family moved to the countryside. Because she had breast cancer? I think she had well, some type of cancer, yeah. Yeah, she had some kind of cancer, but there, the another thing is, though, there seemed to be, there, there seemed to be a reason why there was a disconnect in that family, and it seemed to me, like, even though it seemed like there's bigger than the breast cancer that was going on inside this family. I mean, well, but you, you don't know, you, you, never, you never find out what it is, but I mean, I'm just saying there's a disconnect between the, the siblings or disconnect between the parents and the siblings. And they can't just because they moved to the country. Well, he did say that they finally got out of the big city and they finally got to the country where they could breathe, you know, I mean, but they're like, but, but, they're, but, they're, but he's, they're moving to his father's estranged farm as well. He was estranged yeah, from his father as well. So there's, yeah. so there's, I mean, I mean, for all we know, there could be a, a scene that's cut on, on the cutting room floor that probably maybe explains it Explain like it. you know yeah. he's estranged with his father he hasn't talked to his father for years and then they go live on this farm and they're going to raise alpacas because the wife had breast cancer I so felt it's kind so of like, bad for the alpacas i, I know the poor alpacas but it's I was so weird. upset about the alpacas it's like no don't kill the animals yeah. <laughs> well you know uh Nothing's more close and friendly than a, a group of alpacas that have actually been joined together. <laughs> it's like, would it be, would it be alpacacas? Is that what you call so them? There's Siamese quintuplets. Nicholas Cage yell about alpacas for like. <laughs> I know. I also milking think alpacas. Don't forget, he was milking the alpacas. I didn't know you could milk alpacas. Well, okay. now you know. <laughs> You can milk anything. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Can you? Like, wait, I, what was that from? That's from a movie. I have, can I you? Can you milk? milk oh, that's meet from the parents. A... Meet the parents. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like, a, and we like milk the little teats. <laughs> cat's teats. What do you do? Oh cat's milk. I have nipples, Greg. Can you, you milk me? Boobs. Yeah, can you milk me? Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. so dysfunctional. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think too that they, the, I think the strain relationship with it because it, I'm assuming the story is really revolving around the daughter more than any of them because it opens with her. It kind of almost ends with her, but right. she's a strain from her mom because though she has empathy that she had some type of illness, she also was playing mom because if you notice. She was telling the older brother what to do. She had to watch the younger brother. She right. had to take, basically the dad seemed a bit of an alcoholic already. Right. It, and it was like, well, I can't trust on dad. So I, I have to be the parent now. And so you can understand that bit of the frustration and maybe moving to the country to kind of so hard have a reboot. Daughters though. Daughters yeah. like, boy, man, you talk about bumping heads, especially when they get their little independent streak going on. Yeah. So it's just, it's a clash sometimes. Oh. Um, the other the other thing I was to say too is it just felt like it dragged a little bit and in comparison to the other film which we will talk about the pacing was just like I'm waiting for something to happen and then it's like the day goes and it comes back and then nothing happens and you kind of get this groundhog effect of right. time is warped and so you kind of see it but then you're like but then why are they there and why is this here and and now you notice there's flowers and then another day goes by and then now this happens and now another day goes and I was like oh my god this that thing feels... on the well was that a praying mantis a but not a praying mantis yeah it looked yeah. like a praying mantis, but I just couldn't. I don't know. It had more eyes than a normal praying mantis. Yeah, I think it was Cage playing on um, praying mantis. <laughs> I think that was. <laughs> it's probably I, 
probably the only question I'm not afraid of. Is it's a praying alpaca. <laughs> the alpacas. I'm not, I just I can't stand it when anything happens to animals. I don't care what happens to human beings, but animals. Well, like, the dog too. You forgot the dog was. I like, know Rrr! the dog went down the well, didn't he? No, I don't think he went. No, down. Uh, I think it ran uh, into the woods, right? Yeah. What yeah. happened to him? Because I can't remember. Didn't he just uh, run off? Yeah, I mean, not, I mean, he didn't come back. I know that. So I think it ran, ran into ran the off. woods. But, that, yeah. but, 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 but there was that whole thing about whether he's in the well or not. But then you also had the thing where they thought the boy was in the well, but the boy wasn't in the well. Yeah. So. Or he kept hearing, like, someone's talking to me from the well, you know. father. Yeah. So. But they were they were a dysfunctional family to begin with, though. I mean, the mother seemed fairly distant. She wasn't motherly at all. There wasn't anything nurturing or maternal about her at all. And then she cuts her fingers off. Dinner served, you know. <laughs> she How her could her I do off. that? <laughs> She's cutting the carrots, you know. She's hopped up on the yeah, candy, so she didn't even feel it. She's like, oh, I ate dinner ready. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's another thing is like with the context. Normally, I think, I mean, I think this has a lot to do with Richard Stanley as a film director sort of thing. Because he, if you've ever seen any of his other films, whether it's Hardware or Dust Devil, he kind of like drops you in the middle of a situation. And, and then you kind of have to work out what's happened before that. And, and I think yeah. if this was done by another director, I, um, I think that the beginning probably would have been you would see like this happy family. And then you would see this, this family slowly going into the center of this. But right. what you kind of do is you kind of get dropped. It's like you see the family and all of a sudden everything hits within the first five, 10 minutes. And then we have yeah. that slow burn of madness sort of going right. on. So you never get that happy. If there were a happy family or any, you know, no happy family pictures that you would normally get with a normal director. It's like, oh, yeah. look, they were a happy family once, but you don't really get any of that. Yeah. So it's- that's why, it, so you do, you do missing a little bit of context and, and this is my second viewing, and I have to sit there and say that I was actually paying a lot more attention. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it again last night because I was like, I, I just couldn't get my head around it the first time around. Yeah. Was there actually a time jump or something? Because, you know, they're saying I put the alpacas up. He was supposed to put the animals in the barn, Benny, the, the son. And he then he said he did, but then time was but lost. See, but see, if this is an alien, if this is supposed to be an alien force that's done this sort of thing, then kind of what you do is and whatever, whatever they mention aliens, there's always like a time lapse. So there's a time jump or there's a time loss. Yeah. So I don't know if that was pertaining to that or giving a nod towards that, but then it's, you know, I mean, let's be honest, it's based on Lovecraft and there's very, very, and I think that there are very, very few good adaptions of Lovecraft, um, Story. Has anybody read this story? I I've got halfway through it because I was reading it yesterday, and it, and it's it's similar in the context, but it's also in the 1920s, right? So very right. different in the context in some ways. Um, I, I think it's in, what I find interesting too about two of the characters are pretty much somewhat inebriated. So the son is always stoned, right? And the father's always drinking. So is it that you're in their perception of the fogginess? And that's like when she's like, did you put the apocalypse away? And he's like, uh, yeah. And you don't know because you're like, oh, is he just really super stoned? Or is it that he... Out with Tommy Chong in the, in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, he was, that's sad to say of all the characters who was interesting, he was the interesting character. And yeah, the family he was. fucking sucked. You know, was he and, was he listening to things coming in like white noise coming in sort of on his on his recorder? I saw the big Panasonic, you know, the big reel to reel thingies. Yeah. Was he picking that up or was that that last recording was him explaining what was going on? Correct. 
It's basically is it's whatever that force was was um, communicating through that system. You know, it's yeah. a bit like I guess it's a bit like when you're watching Poltergeist, and then basically they're you know they they're playing the reel to reel back, and you can hear like right. the ghost or whatever like speaking. Right. Yeah. I well, mean, radio radio waves too are used to be used are usually used for extraterrestrial, like the the wave pattern. Something right. slipped in the wave pattern that that you know you're trying they're to like hear. EVPs. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess uh, I do think that this. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, what I was going to say is I I was a bit confused at first by um, by Nicolas Cage's accent when he starts flipping out, and that I'm realizing now is probably either some form of demonic possession or just him maybe thinking that uh, and maybe just going back in his memory to to his uh, his abusive father. Now, now that uh, one of you guys. Oh, true. Yeah. Because he just went into a completely different accent at some point when, when he was just flipping out. Is this supposed to be Washington State or is this New England? No, I think this is what, okay, it's placed around Arkham and all Lovecraftian stories take place in New England. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, you know, I think it's, I mean, so it could be anywhere between Maine, Massachusetts, Connecticut or okay. those. And of course you do have that kind of, odd accent the, the odd main accent you have and then you have the the massachusetts accent as well and i think nicholas cage is kind of going in between those kind of accents so you know if it is taking place there his father probably would have that accent where nicholas cage was a wasn't he a banker in the city or some high-powered job in the city? well she yeah, had a high-powered job because she was complaining about the uh internet being networking and she was like bleeding out clients because well she, she was in stocks and trade yeah. because you could see the ticker when she was looking at the computer though you never see who she's talking to so again no. there's a bit of like loose loose lucidity with her where you're like is she working or does she think she's working because you don't you don't ever see her you just see her going talking ah, and you know and part of it is is it it could be the transmissions talking to her and she's thinking in her mind it's a client like so at one point I was like all of these people are mishearing communications like when they're trying to call and talk to each other like the dad tries to call the daughter they can't hear each other but then remember the daughter goes you were yelling at me you were saying all these mean things to me. And he goes, no, I wasn't. I was saying, so you don't know what's being actually heard. Sometimes they are hearing things through this transmission that are making them think they're hearing things. So at that part of, I thought was really interesting going, you can't hear what they're hearing, but they swear they hear these things. Right. And so the daughter, she, they, she, or well, I think it was a mother first where she's like, she just couldn't get the sound out of her head and it was driving her crazy. Was this pre meteorite or after meteorite? Because they were pretty fucked up even before the meteorite hit, right? It was after. I, the only thing I noticed pre meteorite was the uh, one of the opening scenes with the well and it gurgling. And I didn't really understand that. It was like, oh, so it's something in the water. And then when, the, when they asked her it hit, I was like, huh? Do you think this was drawn to them? Did it pick them? It seemed like it was like the perfect place to feed, you know, yeah. as far as dysfunction, emotion, whatever, you know, it was, yeah. I guess it depends what the director was trying to get across. When you don't know what, how and why it was feeding, right? Because it, at any point it could have done certain things. It was picking and choosing. At, like I was trying to understand the pattern because at one point I think there was a scene where, oh, it was the dad, like when the dad went or, um, was it the dad where he was like standing there and the power started coming towards one of them and the dad shot 
And you thought yeah. it was like he was shooting, but he was actually shooting the monster or whatever it was. Yeah, and, and it, it, it was, and it got scared and seemed like it went back down the well, the power, correct. Yeah. The energy flow or whatever it is. So part of it was, is it them that's drawing it out or is it something that they're doing that's drawing it out? Because I was trying to understand the pattern of the attack of things, because even the llamas, they weren't really doing anything. It just kind of went at them. Right. And then the mother and the son, they were just too close to, I think, what it was. And it was like pulling their, drawing their power that they had inside them. So maybe it was like feeding because. Did it's you the think there was a lack of empathy on the family's part for the mother and the brother slash son that were oh, absolutely. together? Yeah. There wasn't like, oh, you poor thing. I'm going to do whatever I can to get you to the hospital. I'll get you yes. whatever. Or it's I, just like, put them out of their misery. How, why, I what would you possibly yeah. able to do to help them? There's nothing you would have been able to do. Like, yeah, no. but I do. Th- I do think you know to cut it a little bit of slack. I do think that if this was real life and that happened in front of you, um, and I think that you know the idea of, like putting your own, putting them that that there's somehow that you might be able to help them because they are being, they are whatever they are. I mean, they are, you know, they're not close to death because they're they're you know they're they're Easy. healthy and. Well, they're, they're fused, but they, at the same time, they're not dying. They weren't dying. Well, you know, they, they didn't were, look they were, healthy. Well, they didn't, I was going mean, to say, they did not seem happy. The kid was like, ah! No, they didn't seem happy. But do, do you kill someone just because they're not happy? Or do you wait until you... It depends you know, on who it is. Or do you hope... <laughs> yeah, precisely. Or do you wait until, like, hopefully that help will come and that maybe you can get them the help, that someone will take them off yeah. somewhere to get help. Yeah. So I can kind of understand that. But then, when, then of course, their personalities change and they become a bit murderous. Towards, yeah. You know. Well, that's, well, that's yeah. the other thing is the aggression that builds after a certain amount of time. Because even, even the dad was like, what did he say? He was such a dick. He was like, oh, you know, and he said it so nonchalantly. Something about, oh, and you had your cancer. And like took a jab at the wife and then he took a right. jab at the daughter. And I was like, whoa, where the hell did that come from? I was like, he that was some not one-liners. Nice. He was kind yeah. of funny. He was almost at the, the comedy relief almost the way he was acting Nicholas Cage I'm telling you that's just Nicholas Cage yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know but let's take the let's take the movie and look at it from a slightly um, other view suppose this is not the reality maybe you're just seeing from whatever's in the air is affecting their brains and this is what the reality that they think they're seeing like a bad acid yeah. trip or something yeah then none of it's real. Well, that's what that's what I thought too. Is it like is it going to end to where you realize nothing really happened and they just went flipping crazy and this you know was all going on and they're like, imagine being some type of gas that you're introduced and it's hallucinative, you know, that you now just hallucinate everything and you know and that's what that's what I thought what was happening. So it can't. Have you ever like, noticed when they do go out of that area and they and they do separate from each other, the families separate from each other, then everything kind of goes back to like this weird normal. Well, isn't that a weird kind of whatever? Because he's basically dead. And then, you know, what is it? Ward? Is that the name? Ward Phillips? He sees the family. Then they're all like alive, like in a dream thing. It's like a time. Well, remember, I think it's like there is some time thing that's going on or black hole or something is causing this sort of anomaly that's happening where they're seeing different things. Like the father saw the family. Remember, he's like, they're over there. And, And he's like, there's no one over there. Like, they're like, we don't see nothing. Right. And then it was only until she kind of touched him ward that he would, he had the pinkness in his eyes. So it sort of affected him. And now he was able to see what she was seeing. 
That was just so weird. It was so hard to make heads or that movie's to, it was confusing. It's like Joe, Joe in the middle of the night goes, What the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> and and yet I and yet I liked it and I want to watch it again because I want to see if I can understand it a little better the second time around. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it reminds David um H.P. Lovecraft and and, the, and especially this film kind of remind always kind of remind me of David Lynch. Yeah. And I find that like David Lynch, you can sit there and watch David Lynch, whether it's Mulholland Drive or, you know, Wild at Heart or so on and so forth. And you can watch them. And the thing is, you can sit there and go, I'm going to try to work this out. And you're trying, you're watching it work, working out. But if you do watch these things or you read HP Love over you, then walk away from it. And then you find it, oh my, oh my God, it's in your subconscious. And slowly everything starts piecing together. Yeah, and that's and that's what I find a lot with H.P. Lovecraft's a lot like that. I mean, if you look at, there's very few, and I think that's the reason why there's very very good adaptions of Lovecraft work. Well, do you I think, think the, that his his writing translate well into the screenplay and then to the basic script? The I movie? think because all his stuff is so um, lurid and lucid, and none of it's very you know none of it's there's not, there's always a strong disconnect with his work. And so I think that when you when you bring it to the screen that you're not going to have like Stephen King, you can pretty much take right. a Stephen King novel and pretty much bring it to the screen because basically you have ordinary people stuck in ordinary situations right. and then something extraordinary happens, but you still have people stuck in their humanity. Yeah. Right. Where normally what you have at H.P. Lovecraft is like extraordinary things happening and it all deals with madness and about people basically deals with like a whole cast of people who are bipolar basically and yeah. having some kind of manic uh, manic episodes trying to make sense of this other manic episode that's going on and basically you know it doesn't end well for anybody even yeah. if they, even if the person survives they're they pretty much lost they lost their sanity they're, they always always dealing with insanity you yeah. think the hydraulic structure is him go yeah. ahead joe no, so, was, sorry. Yeah, he doesn't really have much of a narrative structure with a lot of the stories that I've read. That's that's the thing that makes yeah. mm-hmm. makes Lovecraft really hard to film. And it's yeah, like like when you look at like the really good ones, like Reanimator and uh, Reanimator, this movie, right. uh, In the Mouth of Madness, From Beyond. Basically, what they what what a good filmmaker does is he takes the basics of the story and just writes the story around like the elements that Lovecraft puts in there because I don't think you could do it otherwise. Yeah. It's also hard to explain an unknown, like an unknown entity. And part of everything that he writes is the the greatest fear is the unknown. And to explain the unknown, and then you're demystifying the fear. So why would you, right? So you want it to be so ambiguous that you you just can't figure it out. But it just it's kind of sits there and and is odd and festering and you know like one of the things i thought was interesting too it reminded me of the movie annihilation which i don't know if you ever watched but it was like this sort of transmutation of life on earth and in that movie it's like life on earth is is being transformed genetically so i thought was interesting about this is it a is it about metamorphosis is it about this family that goes that is so dysfunctional and disjointed in the beginning, do they transform literally by the end and they become a stronger unit? And I was like, nope, I'm like, not going to happen. Actually, are they absorbed? Oh. I mean, are they supposed to assimilate into this as sentient beings still, or are they dead? Um, I Well, I, this is where it's like, again, the bug comes out of this sort of untouched. It is, it's transformed, but it is in essence still a, Brain mantis, right? Yeah. It's just different, and so one wonders if what you turn into is what is inside of you, right? So if you're a 
dark, fucked up, demented person do you right. come out as? But then, uh, then you can also go like look at the llamas. The llamas, they're not clearly, you know, it. That was like, I, I think it didn't have enough time to see what it would be, right? So we didn't see what that thing that's a llama, you know, quad llama, whatever you want to call it. But, like but, you didn't see what it would eventually turn into once the energy took it completely and transformed it into whatever, right? But the question is, um, were the llamas being changed or just that the character thinks that they're being changed and he killed the llamas, didn't he? I mean, the... the could have yeah well yes and no so maybe so maybe they weren't being changed maybe it's just the way the character's seeing them no because if you remember the scene where they're in town and those farmers find the cows and the and they they're talking and then the guy uh ward comes up and goes what's going on and he goes oh come here come here and he pulls back the tarp and it's just a mangled bunch of things and inside the mangling is the cat's collar so he knows oh shit that's part of the cat but he goes it was weird. We found the cattle and they were all mangled, like something tore them apart. So that kind of alludes to the fact that it's not just in their heads, it's that him. literally something is transforming or transmutating all these things together. Um, it just, I mean, the, I, synopsis, the synopsis of the movie is quite interesting because it, it does say as space and time begin to unravel, Ward enters the farmhouse and is pursued by a murderous apparition of Nathan. Um, he hides in the wine cellar as the color distor- distortion of reality drives the property to destruction, leaving Ward the only survivor as he climbs out of the farmhouse carless debris. In an epilogue, a traumatized Ward stands on top of the finished dam, which covers the former property and narrates that having witnessed the colors takeover, you will never drink the dam's water. Yeah. So basically what this entity is, is a planet inhabited by technical technical alien entities that basically disintegrate space and time. Wow. Well, he does get a vision through, through her. Yeah. Of the planet or whatever that whatever it came that from. Is, yeah. It takes over everything. And if you think about it, um, whenever any science fiction movie that you've ever seen and, you know, movie history, when they do play with time, you do get this thing where the images are kind of like, you know, like pulled you know, across. Like, yeah pulled across sort of thing and then merging and kind of thing. And then until they pop into whatever time frame they're going to be in. Yeah. So maybe it's more of a nod towards that. So basically it's like, if you're, if you're with someone and two, it's a bit like the fly, isn't it? I mean, you right. know, when the mother and son go through and they're going through whatever this weird time dimensional thing is, which I mean, time dimensional things I can never make. It, it always confuses me and gives me a headache. You know, it's <laughs> like trying to explain Terminator and the time frames. But, you know, so, but maybe it's like, you know, if you're with someone like the fly, like when he's going from one spot to the other, the fly got caught in. So yeah, I guess yeah. you could look at like the mother and son as swift, they're together and they're shifting to time in that bright light. They get merged together, like in the fly with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And it's also, I'm assuming there's no real, this is where again i don't know if it's the daughter who did this like if it was what her intentions were and she put out into the universe calling to something and it hurt her and it was like we're just gonna we're gonna use you right we're gonna take this and because it it seems again once this is done with the family it stops like why wouldn't it just keep consuming going out and consume and consume and consume like that's and, true you know, i wondered why it, it just, just stopped stops. dead with yeah. the family and it didn't spread out because it looked like in his vision when when she shared that with him that it took it consumed a whole planet 
Yeah. And, yeah. and why does it stop? Why doesn't it consume? Maybe because um, when you have alien abductions, they don't really go after a whole population. They only go after whatever they are. Maybe it's just the study. What's the study mm-hmm. of this? And we're going to take this, you know, like scientists do. We're going to do, you know, we're, you know, if you're an intelligent being or whatever, I suppose that you go, okay, I'm going to take this plot of land, look at these group of people, and I'm going to see, put them through this situation. And basically, there might be someone somewhere some alien force up there like taking notes. It's like, okay, so this is what happens if we do this and this and this. Yeah. Maybe it's all some other some other beings experimentation. Yeah. So you don't it, need to do you don't need to do a whole country or own thing. You know, all you need to do is one small little area and see how what the effects are gonna be. Well and it's interesting they play a lot on the senses too, like the dad the dad smelling things and tasting things and it doesn't taste right or something right. smells wrong. So it's like, are they trying to create an atmosphere to see if it lures them? Like maybe that's why it was kind of mutating everything around that that space to be like it's creating a welcome to the fly trap, right? We're trying to get you to to get you to a point to where I'm assuming the well was the central point of where all the scene was that it was trying to lure them to, you know, to that area. I mean, I guess, the, you know, I guess if you really want to mess with people, just mess with their water supply. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So I did. What What was the deal with him? I mean, do you think that was just how it affected him? Cause he goes, what is that smell? It smells like burnt dog or whatever. He kept saying it just smelled. And then his fruits and vegetables did not taste proper to him. And, but it was all about senses to him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think with everyone, it has to do with, you know, touch, you know, when she's cutting her fingers off, I mean, her, her, obviously her touch senses were off. Well, she was doing that as a ritual to save the family, I believe. And it didn't. Yeah, but no one would be able to, like, she carved herself up. So the fact that she was able to do that, clearly she had some lack of sense to be like, oh, (laughs) you know, like cutting her forehead and cutting her arm. I was like, ooh. And I guess another thing you could also look at is the one person who doesn't have any connection to this area or to this family whatsoever is the only one who survives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. one out, the only outsider, the only outsider. Would have thought from that, that he would have got sucked up through the cellar because that was like a vortices of, you know, an unimaginable energy. Well, and, and he didn't drink the water. Yeah, he didn't. Oh, did he? No. Oh, and maybe, um, Maybe it's part of um, the racism of H.P. Lovecraft. Please, <laughs> we're not taking any black person. Sorry, <laughs> it's crazy that that again. The film. Uh, what I do like about science fiction more so than even horror is that it does keep you guessing. You're like, what the hell was that? Like, especially when they, when you go into her eyes and you see this other planet. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, what is going on? And then it pulls out, and he's like, what the? What did I just see? You know, that was crazy. Yeah, you kind of thought there was going to be a romantic something going on with those two. They kind of liked each other, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's odd, too, because when I looked at her, I'm like, she could be 22, she could be 12. So, like, I couldn't, like, put put an an age gauge on her. Um, One thing uh, we, we haven't really, like, mentioned on this is the effects, which I think were all practical. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. look fantastic. I absolutely yeah. love the effects in this. The color. I mean, it's, yeah. of that was, a- was the color out of space, but I mean, it was a vibrant color. I mean, you really couldn't describe the color. You could say pink, purple or whatever, but I mean, it was, 
it was, I mean, it didn't seem like it was going to be a bad thing because it was so beautiful, but it was deadly. And at one point in their blood, because even when they were bleeding, they were bleeding that color. It wasn't blood. It was that pinkish, hueish, whatever yeah. color you so call it. So it had already probably got into their system. I mean, and they all drank the water, I guess. That's true. Yeah. And- well, the dad was also, I noticed that one scene when he was pouring himself a drink, it was in the chips of the eyes. And it I was colorful. like, that's a, yeah, it was, if you go back, it's like, you see, it's like very opalescent. And I was like, yeah. brilliant for them yeah. to kind of subtly, that, that's what I'd say. Like you said, it's like a subtle effect that they slowly add. So as you are watching the film, it begins with the flower and then it's now the trees and the flowers. And then it's, then it just slowly gets, keeps well, I mean, adding What about the sheriff? The sheriff was just trying to help and the tree picks him up. Oh and yeah. Yeah. What about the sheriff? He, you know, he didn't make it out too well either. And and then was it, uh, was it uh, Tommy Chong just desiccates <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to call it. You know, there's just, he's just totally not there. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really absorb him like that. I mean, it was just, it was just such a weird movie. I mean, if you don't watch it, it's hard to explain it to people. We're jumping around, but you really have to watch it to understand what the hell we're talking about. I mean, I think it does go back to her intention in the first of the film, which is usually it sets up. Her intention was to leave. Get out of there. To go. And for all, in a way, like she kind of set the intention, not just for herself, but for all of them. Like, I don't, I don't want me to be here, but I don't want us to be here. Right. So when they were all gone, then it stopped. So that's another very interesting thing. Yeah, like, I didn't think of that till you brought it up. Did she bring this on the family with her little ritual? I mean, yeah. and remember they ritual by a lake. Yeah, yeah, it was by the water. Yeah, that's that. Uh, that does make sense. I didn't even think of those and things. Cthulhu is, you know, a cosmic creature that he is. He's kind of, you know, Cthulhu. Yeah, octopus. Uh, Always octopus. listening in the water. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe that was. <laughs> Maybe. Is it like, did he come up with the term oceans of time, like uh, Lovecraft? Because I feel like that was a term that was, you know, you hear the echoes of time and space and, Look and you'll get into day- obviously like beach houses. These are the days of our lives. <laughs> the sand. So are the days of our lives. Think of sand. How's a beach house? <laughs> I mean, I have to, I mean, I got, there's a lot about this movie I actually do like. I have to sit there and say that. I like a film that you kind of watch it and it kind of washes over you. And the thing is, I mean, it's a splendor to the eyes. And I think this is, I think to me, this always reminds me of why I do like David Lynch films. That it's, it's not, it's really hard to figure out what's going on. But then you, then you, but you think about it, then you kind of come with like these little Eureka moments where you think you got it and you don't got it. Then it's like, and then you find yourself like three or four days afterwards and you're thinking about it, like, oh my God, I think I understand it now. It's like, it's like when I got Mulholland Drive, it's like I watched Mulholland Drive, didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. Four days after yeah. watching it, it's like, I was able to put it together and I got it. I know what's going on now. I'm so excited. And this is one of those kind of films, which, um, and I think, you know, especially nowadays, this, um, you know, this was actually, you know, this is 2019, you know, and if you look at, it's amazing that a film like this was actually produced, really. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, let's face it, they spent six to 12 million to make this film. It made one million at the box office. Right. So I'm surprised yeah. that it made that amount of money at the box office. It also had no marketing because I don't ever remember seeing this at all. I don't, like, I don't remember seeing it advertised at all, ever. Yeah, so that says it a lot. If you don't market a film... You know, I would I would recommend this to my friends to watch. And one of my friends had seen it and he goes, it's really, he goes, it's really trippy, but a great film. 
And I was like, okay. Well, I didn't I think it was that. a bad film at all. I thought it was a very good film. It was just yeah. confusing as all get out. You know? It kind of reminds me of those thinking man horror films. It's, it's very, very rare that you got it. I mean, I guess I could put the color, color out of space up there with like, Hereditary or Midsummer yes. yeah, or yeah. Um, The Lighthouse, I guess, is another one. The Lighthouse, that was like a that. movie. Yeah. <laughs> that was real. And I have to I say, it's quite refreshing that they are putting money into these kind of things that they know they're not going to make lots of money. Yeah. I mean, Hereditary did very, very, it did well. And so didn't I saw in the horror surprisingly for, well. Some of the but forums, you either loved Hereditary or you hated it. A lot of people see, like yeah. And the color out of space fits in that thingy. It's not a, you know, you're going to either love it or hate it. And I quite like to have these two differences of watching a film that, you, you know, you can watch it and just see what people's reactions are going to be and whether they like it or not. And it doesn't mean anything whether you like it or not, but then you find, you know, it, it's, it's a film that opens itself up for discussion. And that's what I quite yeah. like. Of Color it didn't Outstays. bother me to watch it for a second time at all. I found myself yeah. interested in it again. And like I said, there were certain things like the ice cubes. I never caught the first time around, yeah. you know, I mean, um, there's always something to pick up in a movie like this, probably the second or third time out, if you really like it. And this, you know, like to me, I don't know if you really are getting a happy or sad ending, because if you think about it, it's like, I was left a little bit like, was it a bad thing that, they, like, I was kind of like still like, it's one thing you get a happy ending when you, when they went through all this and you're like, Oh, they persevered. Right. They survived. Or you get an ending where it's just so bleak that you're just like, Oh God, that was like so dark that you almost have to just watch a comedy just to get that out of you. This left. And I was like, was it a bad thing they left? Or was it a bad thing that they're, I mean, they're, they all were together. Like they're no, you know, it's, so it's, it was kind of like a weird, you know, when he threw his daughter in the room with the mother, you think that a mother would never, ever hurt her own child. But yeah. this thing looks like a spider yeah. assassin bug kind of thing. I think it swallowed the alpacas with her. So you had all these <laughs> legs. It was weird. I was like, what the hell? Like, where did you get the legs? Yeah. I guess it was just evolving still. And they she'd go feed your mother. What was that supposed to mean? Was she supposed to feed her mother or was she food? You know, when he threw her in the room. I think it was so far gone. I, if I remember correctly, she was trying to leave. And again, the dad, now the dad was trying to stop her. Like, no, you can't go. Right. And then threw her in there, you know. Well, I mean, I just thought that, I mean, I quite like the Julie Richardson forming into the, you know, into her younger child because Personally, I think that all menopausal mothers who like wait to the last minute to have a child and they have this horrible child and they should just, uh, they should just meld together and be hidden in genetic. <laughs> so, I mean, that's personally how I look at it. Well, it's, it's also, it could be a metaphor for what she went through as well, right? So when she had her cancer, like maybe there was a disconnect from her child, right? And that, because the youngest one does seem a little bit off. Like maybe retarded. autistic or yeah autistic. like he just oh sorry he, we can't use retarded anymore can we yes, that's <laughs> not <autistic>. politically <laughs> correct there jeez um but he did oh, well. seem a little bit autistic because of the way even the daughter was talking to him and and interacting with him so i was like maybe there was a disconnect there from the mom and so it is almost this now you're really together like you you know sure. left this child not to do anything and now you know now you're fused together literally that would suck. Yeah. I love my kids, but I don't want to be fused with them. <laughs> yeah. I had to turn and say that. I was watching this documentary about these Siamese twins, and um, and they hated each other, and they used to fight all the time. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, God. Oh, God. Being stuck to someone for your whole life and just hating each other. Was it hit, one was got it hit married. And, um, no, they were forehead to forehead. 
Oh, okay. So one right. was a country and western singer, and the other one was a nurse. Stop it! No, it's got God on his truth. I swear to God. And the country and western, the country and western singer. I mean, she, um, poor thing. She, I mean, she was she was smaller and had she had to like send a stool and. The, the the bigger one who's kind of like a bit of a moose looking person had like wheeled her around and stuff like this oh and unfortunately that you she, they actually did she was a country and western singer and she did a couple of music videos that are on youtube wow interesting that's very okay. interesting and and the 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 bigger one who was the nurse worked in itu so basically if you came out of a coma you would see these two people so i could just imagine how that would work <laughs> Oh, stop. <laughs> I've got on his truth. I've got on his truth. You can, you can read up on him and everything like that. Wow. Wow. But I mean, I can imagine just being fused with anyone, though. Yeah. I mean, I well, this, I mean, that is by birth, right? That, this is not that at all. Like that portrait. Yeah, but I'm right? saying they're saying the way even, the child at, even at birth, it's horrible. I mean, we're going to now think of it, you know, like maybe just being fused to anyone's horrible. But by the way, being, can you imagine being fused to any of your siblings for your whole life? The, the child you could tell was slowly being swallowed because like literally in the, when they first carry them up, the child's face is in her yeah. back. And then by the end of that scene, you hear the kid is like, oh, I was like, Oh no, hell no. That's t- no time to put it, put it out, put the kid out. <laughs> like, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. But it's metamorphosing into something else. Wasn't the two of them together yeah. were metamorphosing. Not, they're not like forming into yeah, because they weren't forming into like a humanoid or anything, were they? So it was a well, that's that's what you don't know. You don't know the stage of the metamorphosis where it was going. Even the the llamas, right, being in this thing, it could have been in the middle of that forming into something. But it seemed yeah. like it's like whole, the thing. whole purpose was yeah. to absorb everything around it. Well, it seemed um, like it wanted to absorb um, living tissue matter, I suppose, because it wasn't it wasn't doing that with the plants, was it? I mean, it was it was. But it did eventually take everything. I kind of want to go back now to the first scene when she's with the intentions because she said, save me, take me away from here. She had like four things that she said, and that could be a key to as far as what was actually happening, right? So it's like, I kind of want to go back. Like getting a Ural pass and going through Europe or something. I didn't think be absorbed into the cosmos you know yeah, yeah but let's be honest be careful what you wish for because yeah. you might get it 10 times 10 times over if you're not but she seemed to know like she did seem to know her wiccan because she was like you know remember the guy said something and she's like oh you you know with intent are you, you wiccan or alexandrian <laughs> uh, yeah so she she basically said something and he made an assumption she goes no you can't borrow from power like whatever she said and i was like so she seemed to know what she was messing around with, you know. But then then the mom, the one of my favorite parts is the mom was like, you're going to eat that McDonald's golden arch yeah. crap, you know? And she's like, what are you not vegan? <laughs> she's like, but it's good. <laughs> I thought scene was great. It just seemed like these kids were taken mm-hmm. away from civilization and there's a lot of resentment because they probably wanted to be in civilization. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, they were taken away from their friends. I mean, let's sit there and say that's one of them's like in their senior year. It could have been the yeah. summer or something like that. I mean, yeah. can you imagine moving in your senior year? I mean, it's that bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that, you know. Yeah, you probably got that. And another thing, if both parents are um, fully employed, that means they're out of the house a lot. Now you got your parents stuck basically in lockdown with you all the time. Yeah. Because. Uh, they're all both working from home doing whatever they're doing. So that means you're stuck with your parents 24-7. What did he do? 
he had a professional job before they moved there, and then when then they moved there for whatever reason. So, yeah. I mean, I, but they I didn't think, really go into it. I think he was trying to do. Remember, he was trying to do the llamas. He was trying to do, you know, milk in them and farm. He probably was trying to make money and be his own. Bo- you know his own boss and maybe i know he was talking was about bad. llama meat after they said that crack about the golden arch i could not ever eat llama they're just yeah i'm so upset the llamas died to I be honest they shit llamas died i think we could have got more understanding with nicholas cage's character if he had a man bun <laughs> he had a what a, a man, man bun, bun. <laughs> He, I, again, I just I there you I, go, raise my pockets. Yay. I God, found him the world's a beautiful be, place. I found him to be like where you go, oh, what the hell is he gonna say next? Because right, it was like, oh, we got the alpaca, and then he said something else, and I was like, okay, they're clearly trying to make him this really eccentric father who is just it like it it was like really weird, you know. You didn't know whether or not he had a professional job or if he had just a job where he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise squirrels and I'm gonna treat you know teach him tricks to be in the circus." Like who knows? He was just he was just a strange character. I do kind of wish though that we did get a little bit of a like their happy, cheery, happy little family, and then you saw the yeah. descent into madness. Yeah. Would, would yeah. have given you a little bit of. A- they were already halfway mad by the time this movie started. I forgot about too the scene with that horrible mayor who was such a bitch and she was oh. like, "Oh, where's we gonna get PR in this?" And then like he, <laughs> and then it, then him watching himself doing the interview, he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I said that." And then, you know, we were we were having sex and it's been a while. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "What the fuck? Why would you say that?" <laughs> I, uh, Everyone in this movie's kind of a dick, except for the uh, uh, the, the guy who's uh, who's Warren. checking on them, the yeah. hydrologist. Yes, the hydrologist. Yeah, everyone else is just a dick. <laughs> I just found like he was even an odd character because he would just show up in the weirdest times, and I'm yeah. like, do you have nothing better to do than like, <laughs> like uh, if you know something weird is going on, wouldn't you just be like, I'm out of here, like fuck this, like this is crazy. I know. I mean, yeah. What what was your first inclination into leaving? You know? Yeah. Like I mean, especially the weird, creepy man, and then the water, and he, and then it's like things starts to happen, and he's like. I know. I'm going to go to the house and talk to that really pretty girl. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, do and another thing is, it, it scientists are scientists property? don't make very good heroes, though, do they? No, no. no. There's like, oh look, the, the egg, the egghead's coming to save me. Lovely. I kind of feel safe now. Because, the was <laughs> oh, by the way, because they're so curious and their curiosity often gets them killed that they're like, oh, what's yeah, gonna this? Be- and they're poking at it and then. Ah! Um, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be saved by Beaker. Lovely. <laughs> sort of like the blob. The old man pokes it with a stick, and it just gets up on his arm. Yeah. But did that dam? I, I I was trying to before I lose my tray of thought. Was the dam built on top of their property? Yes. Yeah, I think it was built on an Indian burial ground. No, <laughs> no, it, it was because if it you read, if you actually read, uh, if you read it, it says at the end that the that he's he's giving this sort of dialogue and saying, right. I'm, gla- I'm glad it's underwater now because just the thought that it's buried is he what wasn't gives drink him solace. But he goes, I'll never drink the water and, and no one will know its secrets because I won't say anything and I don't want anyone to know it's there. So, so it's mean, like this- would, who would want to drink that water if they knew what happened? Because are there any remnants? Is this going to happen again? I mean, well, I think, it, I think what he's per- pertaining to is, is that not that anyone would want to drink it. It's more like, if the if that secret got into the wrong hands, 
what to, you know, if it got to like the wrong government. Correct. Or something yeah. like that. What like someone could weaponize it. Yeah. 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 Because it was kind of like scorched earth after it left. It was ash. It's all ash. So it like got burnt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But did it go back to where it came from? Um, I guess yeah. it depends because it's all done with about consciousness. So I guess consciousness always goes back. There's, there's what's left behind. You think that's what it was? Was consciousness? I think it's all about consciousness. That's how. That's where I'm taking from it because it all seems to be. It all seems to deal with their own. Each character is seeing things through their own eyes and they're experiencing their own thing. They're not because they, if you ever notice, all the characters are not experiencing the same thing at the same time ever. Right. Right. Yeah. So it all seems to be about what their consciousness is portraying everything to be and what and their experiences are within their consciousness. It's not like like a normal horror film. It's like, you know, they're everyone's feeling the same kind of thing and they're all running here and there from whatever. Yeah. This all felt basically that they're all they're all experiencing their own consciousness you know one of them's hearing the you know dog in the well but the other ones aren't the other ones seeing the alpaca the alpacas all merged together but the, no one else is seeing it they yeah the daughter hears the going sound. to her yeah yeah young boys here, going, hearing his own thing the mom's the mom's experiencing her own thing i mean she chops off her hand for, for her fingers but she doesn't feel anything but the other ones are being able to feel their they're being able to feel their touching so yeah it needs to be all about consciousness and then when she goes into other world and she she gets a glimpse of where this may have come from then it kind of kind of gives you this sort of thing that's like well how come she's seeing this but the other ones are not have privy to this either so it's kind of like yeah. and even even um even chong i mean the thing is when he's listening to that thing no one, and he's asking the people to listen to it, and then they're not hearing what he's hearing yeah so the, uh, he's like what are you talking about you can't hear that it's under the rocks yeah he's like yeah. So it just seems like everyone's going through their own little experience for whatever it is. So he also saw the transfiguration of the cat too. Remember, he goes, "Oh, you can you can go look for it, but you're not going to recognize it." He he knew what it looked like, and that was that was a little bit pet cemetery for me when they were like, driving. It's all. <laughs> <laughs> brings us to the beach house of 2019 the beach house is a 2019 horror film written and directed by jeffrey a brown and his featured directorial debut it stars liana labrato and noah lagrasse as a college-age couple who take a vacation to a beach house where they meet an older couple maria nagel and jack weber and are threatened by a mysterious infection that spreads across the coast the beach house had its world premiere at strasbourg european Fantastic Film Festival in September 2019. The film was made available for streaming on Shutter on July 9th, 2020, and it's still on Shutter as we speak. We're going to do this cut to the trailer and we'll be right back with... When you see someone change in front of you, and you know there's no going back. It's 
scares me to death. No one's been here in months. It's beautiful. I love you, you know. I love you too. Anyone need a refill? Yes, please. <laughs> Have you seen this out here before? It's in the trees. It's all over. Something in the air. I felt a little lightheaded before. It feel good. It's like I was knocked out. I, uh, I can't remember. Mr. Turner! Miss Turner, where's Mr. Turner? It is so nice out today. Relations podcast. We're discussing the Beach House from 2019. So let's talk with you, Joe. What are your thoughts of the Beach House? Uh, well, I, I watched it back to back with the Color Out of Space, so uh, I was already kind of going in this with my mind kind of frayed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I watched it twice in two days. Enjoyed it much more the second time around. Uh, luckily with an 88 minute runtime or whatever it was, it was, it was easier to get right back into, um, the, oh my God, the, again, I talked briefly about the effects and the, uh, the color out of space. And in this one, again, once the, the, the scene with, uh, with, with, uh, with the girl getting her foot stuck in the sand and then God, this one was so gross. I love, I, and I loved it for it. Um, so visceral. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And thematically, I could see why uh, you chose to put this together with the color out of space, because, again, we're dealing with some kind of uh, microbe in the uh, in the water that's uh, that's causing, in, in this case, a, a much bigger outbreak, apparently, because later on, uh, the girl gets on the radio and hears that, uh, you know, uh, don't breathe it in or or, or whatever it was. That's but it, uh, yeah. fantastic little movie. Um uh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm trying to gather my thoughts. I'm not, uh, not really, uh, not, not really that coherent with it because it, it, like, like I said, it's another one of those movies where it was kind of, it was kind of a mind fuck, but once it gets going, it's, it is so, so good. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of at a blank because I'm still kind of, still kind of figuring both movies out. I, I just seen that they were both first watches for me and I, uh, yeah, it's, 
It was a weird movie. It had a lot to do with water and and what happens to you if you drink it. And it got, like John said, it's visceral. A lot of it's gross. You know, like where she's pulling the worm out of her leg. You know. (laughs) it was it was kind of gross i thought and i mean those that couple i would not have wanted to stay in that house with that older couple for all the tea in china there was something just wrong with them straight up well no there i mean to be honest there's nothing wrong with there was nothing wrong with them yeah it's 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 only when um it happened i mean what i quite what i quite like about the beach house it starts off very very stark yeah it's like you know, if you look at the color palette, it's very, very stark. It's such as you're so sucked into like ultra reality. It's like this reality that's like kind of, you know, they go to the beach house, it's pretty, but everything's filmed very, very starkly. And even in the house is decorated very, very starkly. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, there's not a lot of um, knickknacks hanging around the place or stuff yeah. like this. Yeah. And then, um, and then basically the, even the way that people are dressed, everyone's dressed very, very, you know, stark thing. For the beach, but, basically, it is. But then what happens is that then when then when things turned, you know, and the thing is what I quite like about it, it's like they get high sort of thing. Um, yeah. and, the, and the other you couple, were, you know, the edibles, they would have been better <laughs> off. <laughs> well, it, but but, you know, and then what happens is also then you get and then you enter this world that at the beginning you think that be they're just high or maybe they're just stoned. Right. Yeah. But then and then, of course, and now now what happens, the movie does switch. But then all of a sudden it's like the filming quality leaves this dark reality and now you're kind of into this kind of this fairy you kind of go through this fairy tale mist sort of thing with the microbes in the in the thingy yeah. and then you find yourself on the other end of like th- through the looking glass situation but they never you tell you yourself. where it comes from did you guys did they mention where this possibly came from? i mean i think the girl kind of elaborates because and it's brilliant that they made a her a um, um a astrobiologist, right? Yeah. She wanted to be. True. I think it was smart that they made her that because she was able to kind of explain that that there's so much in the depths of the ocean that we don't understand. Right. And that some of it, where does it come from? It is sort of the building blocks of what we are. And so she kind of goes into that. And that exposition worked because it would be one thing. It's like, I don't know. And then it's like, now you're hearing it from the television. Now you're hearing it from the radio. Now you're hearing it from, you know, people talking about it. Like, it was good that they just gave you that little bit of from her. Um, the one thing that I noticed is two different relationships at their end. And what I mean by that is I do think she was, her intention was to bring, or he was bringing his girlfriend there to have a weekend and, and kind of celebrate their relationship. She was there to say, this isn't working. Right. And she was going to tell him, I have bigger aspirations and you clearly just don't want the same thing. Right. And so there is this awkwardness like, okay, we'll have sex. Fine. You know, and they, and then, then, then this other couples introduced where I think the wife is dying and he brought his wife there to give her the best of the last days that she has. Right. So it's, it's a parallel, these two couples that it, the reason why it feels a little unsettled and weird and you're like, I want to get out is because that's what's happening in both of these relationships and it's not like oh we're having a great weekend at the beach this is amazing it's like uh we're we're here and and it just so happens they come together and it's like isn't this a fortunate happening and i think even the guy the the husband i forget his name um mitch mitch is happy that they're there because he's like I don't have to go through this alone right i don't have to go through saying goodbye to my wife alone right and then Emily is a little bit like, oh shit, this is going to be awkward because the more time we spend with them, uh, the longer it's going to take for me to say it's kind of over, right? right? And 
So, and then all this happens, right? So I found that very interesting that when you look at it from that perspective, it kind of gives you that weird feeling in the beginning because it's not, it's not a, it's not it was kind of fun, <laughs> it was you know? funny how the elder couple discussed eating the edibles before they, it's so cute, right? Like she's like, Oh, I don't know. I, pros and, I think, and cons of eating edibles. It's like, just go for it. So do we cut it? Do we cut it into quarters? Mm. <laughs> I don't know if he thought he was taking a hit of four way window pane or what. It, it, yeah. it broke up the kind of somber tone that the movie had up until that moment too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, another thing beautiful. is, I mean, she's she's dying, so it's basically she's like, "What the hell? Might as well." Yeah, yeah. she probably that's probably what she said. I think he was worried because he was like, were... "I don't want it to make it worse for you. You're taking all these medicines. What if it makes it worse?" And she probably was like, "It doesn't fucking matter. Like I'm dying anyway. So right. let's just have a good time, right?" And they, she just know. seemed off from the get go, though. There was well, she's going to be off. She's dying. Yeah, she's I dying. mean, we're all dying a little bit every day. I mean, yeah, but no, no, but I mean, she knew she's dying. Like, she's she has terrible. days left. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she knew her end date. You know, we're, even, all, we're all dying, but I just thought there was something off about him right from the get-go, though. I mean, even when, even when they, I forget what they say, but at the dinner, she just says, the girl says something, and she's just like, Oh, like youth. Oh, yeah, and, and it's like, true. oh, and you just, your heart breaks for her. So I thought it was a little, I thought she was a little weird first, but then I realized, oh my God, she's dying. And so I would be that way. I'm a little, I'm a little not there. Like, right. They would talk to her and she'd be like, what? And she's already thinking about not, you know, what is it going to be like right. when my husband's, my husband's and by himself. And you another know, another thing is you have this young couple in um infiltrating in with this older couple they don't know each other so you got these two you know age difference uh, right. um, couples going yeah. on and they're trying to figure out what their common ground is yeah you know, here we're, we're gonna actually okay well we could actually leave or we can sit there and share the house okay we'll share the house and now we're like dog sniffing each other's butts we gotta sit there and find a way that we can sit there and be comfortable around each other yeah so and what I, and normally what you have is in a normal film that basically they kind of gloss over that and they know that oh we're just gonna, we're gonna be friends or we're just gonna be enemies but here right. i think this i think the director this wanted to show the awkwardness of getting well, to know awkward. relative strangers and stuff like this and then when they find something they have a sharing knowledge of and this happens sort of thing yeah. and then and then it's like okay well we had a good evening we had fun but now this is happening so and it was just that evening because everything took a shift for the yeah. south yeah the and then day. and then and then you do and then you, then you do wonders like is it the environment around me or does it have to do with the distru- mistrust of these strangers that we don't know i also think so it's yeah, interesting that, that the, the the sun they knew the sun they remembered yeah. him being, yeah. they remembered, sorry, they remembered, um, they, they the remembered Randall because they knew the father. So there was a bit of an awkwardness for him because you could tell he probably didn't have a great relationship with his dad. And so it's like, oh shit, now they're talking about me and I don't even know who they are. And so, and the girl who is his girlfriend, you know, Emily is like, learning things about him that she probably ever never knew. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> like what? Say again. Like, I didn't know that. So there was something well, interesting about that too. Like, Oh, are you going to let something slip that my dad was this way or whatever? And, and so he was always a little bit on pins and needles. But you kind of get that anyway. Cause I mean, if you're going, let's say that, you know, you're going to a week, a weekend away sort of thing, you think, okay, I'm going to have fun, whatever that fun may be. 
the last thing you want to do is either run into your parents or run into your parents' friends and then basically have to Correct. share space with your parents' parents. Yeah. They're, you know, they might be a friend of the family, but then they, they're your parents' friends. So it's like, yeah. and you don't know what they're going to say to each other. And they're not, you know, yeah. they can make, they can make your, the situation with your parents worse. They might not yeah. say anything at all. They might be judging you the whole time. Mm. You know, you don't know what kind of situation you're this whole movie was awkward i thought yeah well also he wanted he wanted them to stay there remember he goes this is that when they first pull up to the house he's like it is off peak season but it will get more lively right and then he's like when the after they have sex he's like well i was thinking why don't we just live here i'm like what who the hell does that like oh why don't we just live here you know it's like it's it's available anyone move into the beach house yeah and and so that free rent free rent when she's like i don't want to like move bitch i'll take it i'll take your place he says it's awkward i mean it's it's awkward because i think it was i think it's meant to be because you know I, and i guess i didn't put it together at the beginning when i was trying to describe the film thank thanks for coming and saving me because i was like still trying to process everything but john kind of put it into perspective you're you're watching like if you've ever been in that in that kind of situation where you're in a close relationship with somebody and you kind of feel like it's ending yeah and you just feel like you're breaking like it, there doesn't necessarily have to be that like massive like incident that that sparks a fight right. you just kind yeah. of feel yourselves kind of drifting away yeah and yeah i guess that that's that's probably the 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 the, the feeling that i felt watching this was probably yeah these these this is in the, the uh, you know, in the, the case of the younger couple, I think that's why it's so awkward. They're just, they're, they're awkward around each other. They're not the same person that they were two years ago, whenever, whenever it was uh, that, that, that they started getting together. And I think you're, I think that's kind of, that's kind of coming out. I'm kind of seeing it in a new perspective now. Thanks to John pointing that out actually. And I wonder too, if the husband knew his wife or maybe she had died and then transformed because notice he he's there he comes when emily is by herself yeah and he just is like i'm gonna go for a swim and it was like no i'm just like i don't think he knew what was happening and what was going on he just assumed she died because of what she had and he was like okay i don't need to live anymore and like just went out and killed himself. So well, I, I thought even that scene was killed fantastic. himself because he he didn't come back and it just oh yeah 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 well, I mean, we we can make the assumption, or maybe he just wandered off into the neighbor's yard for a week. No, he he went in the water. Remember, he just went down oh, okay. and out. He, and he, okay, he yeah, that's that scene was so interesting because I was like, he didn't seem affected. Like he wasn't like he he touched the water because he's like, oh, the water's so soft, and he was doing the whole thing with the water right. the night before. But the next day, the if I remember, the woman sitting at the table and. She, does she yeah she comes out emily comes out and she's like hey do you need your medicine and then the woman's like kind of gurgling and goes up the stairs and then then the the, the the boyfriend comes and then the two of them go on the beach and so they're on the beach and the, i forget where the oh the boyfriend goes to use the bathroom and then the guy shows up so there is this moment where did the did the woman go upstairs pass out and you know it was like he thought she died and was like okay this is it. This is what I was waiting for. And, you know, now I'm going to, I'm going to end things. Right. And so he just happens to come across. I mean, how fucked up it is it though, that you're like having a conversation with someone like, 
I'm going to go for a swim. And they're watching you kill yourself. You're like, I'm going to go in the water and, and, and kill myself. You're like, oh, but that's right. that scene was so powerful. Ugh. And not even a particularly pleasant way to kill yourself either. No. Mm-hmm. No. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's just like, I think it's just a visual representation of grief because, you know, when you, when you um, have like these older couples that have been together for a long time, when one of them passes away and I, you know, I, I saw it with my parents yeah. uh, when one passes away, you know, you start to see the change in the other one of, well, the fuck's the point. Yeah. Why, am I, Why am I here? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what that was. I think it was just a visual representation of what I probably a lot of people in that situation kind of think of is, you know, yeah. why, why bother? Everything You're drowned with grief, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's the, that's the problem that's with um, in a love relationship anyway, when love is gone, there's always one left holding on. So you're always going to yeah. have, whenever two people break up, there's always one that's hanging on. And then there's the one who's basically moving on. Yeah. Sort of thing. So you got, you know, you, you kind of got that going on this time. And then when, when a loved one dies, you've been, as Joe was saying, and you've been with someone for so long that, you know, you're, you know, there, that's a hole, you know, that's a great big hole in your life anyway, sort of thing. Yeah. That person yeah. You know, then what do you, and what do you do? You've been with this person. You've been seeing this person every day for 40 to 50 years, every single day. I know yeah. my parents have been married for 60 something years. I just, I don't, I just can't imagine them. I've been so and you, lucky and you, that they're still you know, here. And still this good. is not to make fun of the situation, but I mean, you know, most people who have pets and they have the pets for 12, 15 years yeah. and the pet died and, and the grief that you go through because of this pet that you've had for a, a shorter time than the person that, you know, then your life partner that you might have for a lot longer than the pet sort of thing. And the, and the whole that that creates. Right. I mean, it, it's any, any kind of relationship because it could, it could happen with a friendship. It could happen with a sibling where you just get so used to that person. And so used to that person being in your life and being a major part of your life. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. When, when that person's gone, that's, I guess that's, that's what we were seeing here. And I guess at the, at, at, uh, you know, when, when you're at an older age and you're kind of thinking like, oh, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to start over? You yeah. know, maybe, so, so yeah, I guess in his case, it's, it's like, um, it's like the Fleetwood Mac song, you know, but, uh, built my life around you. So what, do, yeah. you know, what is it to do now? You know? Well, and look where he, look where he chose to end his life and this beach, this beautiful beach. And it's like, you know, so it's, it was very interesting and to see that. And I found Emily very, much the elements of a final girl smart knew how to knew how to get herself out of that situation didn't know what was going on but going to she faced it like a trooper in the end but you don't know as far as i mean but another thing is setting this against the eco the eco horror that's going on at the same time is that basically what you got the symbolism how that life is always changing and the life is going through rebirth and so with them going into the water basically yeah they're they're going to the water and they're becoming whatever this thing is making them become to because it's up to you there and basically that's them breaking away saying goodbye and then going into the water is giving them rebirth to whatever they're going to be born into, born back yeah. into. And that's pretty much what you do. Once you say goodbye to a relationship and you're ready to say goodbye, you basically go into a rebirth and you kind of reinvent yourself or anything yeah. like this. And then, you know, but when, if you look at the eco, the eco side of this side of thing, life is always a changing focus. And at any time, you know, whether you're looking at COVID or Ebola or whatever like that, or in, yeah. in this case, microbes, your life, if, if, you know, if nature decides to do a sudden right turn on you, you know, chances are 
it's going to rebuild itself to whatever that image is going to pertain itself to yeah. as well. So you do yeah. have these things going on inside this movie that kind of do mirror each other in different ways. You know, you can, yeah. you know, that's what I quite like about this movie is John was saying, you can look at it from the relationship side of things and all this, and this could all be symbolic of the relationships and with the eco thriller. Well, then you also have this eco thriller that basically, oh my God, the world is coming to an end or it's going to be changing to a different world than what we know it's going to right. be. Yeah. And metamorphosis. I mean, with her specifically, I found interesting. She was going through her own. She was, you know, up until the point of when they were together, she barely talked. But the moment that couple asked her what her interests were, what was what, what was she looking to do? And she lightened up and she was suddenly like, oh, I got a degree in this. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. And suddenly she was going through her own sort of metamorphosis. So even to me, the ending of what sort of happens is she is trusting the process of change, right? She is literally saying to herself, I have to believe that whatever is happening to me is part of what I've been studying, right? I've been studying that change happens in the ecospheres. I'm assuming she believed in a lot of the biology and the evolution in biology. And so her, it was, I don't still, I still was a little confused how she went from being in a pond to then being in the ocean or on the ocean. But I liked that. It was like, I trust, I'm, I, I forget what she said. I'm trusting, I'm trusting. And then she's gone. And you're kind of like, she did what she did knew was right, which was, I'm just going to trust in whatever happens to me, happens to me. And now I'm in this new evolution of, of whatever I'm going to be. Right. Something you just said just kind of struck me too, because she, she lights up when somebody specifically asks her what her interests are, yeah. which to me kind of indicates that she might be the kind of person who's been told, shut up, you're boring. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't care about what you're doing. And that could be why she's in a relationship with someone like this slacker to begin with, because maybe he's the only one that took any interest in her. So that, 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 that kind of, well, they could have been high school sweethearts and they just grew apart. Meaning, you know, her aspirations of wanting to dig deep inside of herself and discover who she is as a person means so much to her and to her boyfriend, all he really wants is just to chill out. He, cause even when they asked him, Oh, what about you? Are you going to college? And he's like, nah, you know, it's not really for me. I don't really know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, and, and so they were kind of like, Oh, and meanwhile, like, she's like, I'm excited about life. I'm excited about what am I going to do now? What am I going to learn? And how am I going to, you know, and, and then when they asked, when they would say, well, what is that? Oh, well this, I think this is what this is. And she would explain it to them. And I, I just, I really loved her as a character. I thought she was fantastic. She was a um, strong character yeah. out of all of them. She was definitely stronger. Yeah, yeah. But then again, she might've been another person who's just kind of like just been seen as an attractive girl as well. Correct. Yeah. Looks. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But she had a brain, yeah, like, obviously. You know, yeah. she was smart. Yeah, but it's very. It, it, the trouble is, is that if you are attractive, chances are that people thinking that you have a brain doesn't really come face. Like for some reason, they, it's very rare that they associate the two, isn't it? Right. So they they'll treat you on one level, and then when they see you have a brain, then they either think a you're showing off, or b you're, um, oh you're something that we didn't expect, and then it puts people off puts people off center with you sometimes. So yeah. You know, I mean, I have that problem all the time. I mean, <laughs> you are pretty. I tell you that much. I'm so pretty. I'm so pretty. Yeah. I every feel time, pretty. Every time, I so every time there's podcast email on one of our sites, it's like, "Hey, beautiful." It's like, "Oh." <laughs> I'm yeah. so pretty. I just don't understand why the, the serial killings aspects of a, um, the psychological path that they use. 
but um yeah i mean it's um i mean i call what i like about the beach house it's a, a simple little film done with a very very simple premise that's done very very effectively i mean there's you know you do have like you know a bit a little bit of special effects and stuff like this but everything's quite done very very simply and it just yeah. kind of like and it's kind of like, you know you're kind of watching this little independent film that basically delivers on all counts and that's what i you know I also just, just like that it is, a, it is a small cast, so it does feel more intimate that way. Whereas imagine, like in my mind, imagine it was them showing up with like, let's say two other couples, right? And the complexity of the couples and how they relate to each other. And, and it's like now you're, you're spending so much time trying to figure out who is who and who is what type of relationship they all have. And with four people, we, they, you kind of know nothing about them. And at the end, you still really don't know that much about them. Like, you, I don't feel like I knew how long the couple was together and how long they were together or how they met or whatever. Like, I don't know any of that, but it works, right? And it worked to kind of show the significance of, of connectivity and also, you know, a loss, you know, and, and, and separation, you know, and it was very, it's very interesting that, the her, the her as a character watching Emily watch um, Jane, it's like she talked, I think at one point she talked about her life and feeling like it was well lived. And it was like for, for Emily, it was like, wow, that's what I want, right? Like, I want what you have. Like, you lived a well lived life and you're, she kind of probably knew, she kind of knew like something's going on. She's probably not doing well. She's probably going to die. But wow, that's what I want. Like, I know what her fate is, but that's what I want, you know? Yeah, I mean it's a it's kind of interesting. I also quite like the you know the eco message. It's saying that basically that you know as far as the eco- ecological side of things, you know we do get the main character explaining that this has to do with man polluting the world, yeah, and polluting the oceans and so yeah. on and so forth. And I quite like, but what I also liked about it is that. Um, it wasn't hammering it over your head like an eco. Let's okay, you know, I'm gonna hammer this message at my audience and make sure I say it over and over again. They yeah. mention it, they move on, and I quite like that. So it kind of stays there, but at the same time, it doesn't become the whole point of the film, sort of thing, yeah. which I thought was very well effectively done. Because nothing's worse than someone pointing their finger for an hour and a half and about whatever message they're trying to get a little across to you, and you're like, okay. Yeah. Or it's like every little thing, like don't bring that plastic bottle to the beach. You're gonna and and then don't do this and don't you know? It's like okay, yeah. we get it. <laughs> You're teaching yeah. us ecology, but no. Did you guys think that maybe that they would have escaped when they went out into the fog, you know? And they were they went they ended up in that other area. So now you know that it, there there's a broadcast emergency broadcast is going off. So you know other people might be affected with this. I thought, I mean, I thought it was already too late for both of them just because they were both clearly infected. So unless something really drastic happened, which I did get a little bit of faith when she got the oxygen tanks, and then I thought, oh, maybe she'll use the oxygen tanks to keep them both, you know, oxygenated and maybe it will have a reverse or an adverse reaction to what's happening to them. But then, you know, when he, when, when she has to kill him and then she gets like out, which the whole, that part, I was a little bit like really if it's that foggy, just fucking pull over. Like, I'm sorry. Like, pull over. You have an oxygen tank. Use it as long as you can until you can see and then drive. But she's like, she's trying to drive and like one eye open. And I was like, oh, she's dead. Like, I was like, yeah, she's she's not going to. But another thing about the fog anyway, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in a car or anything like that. The fog's going to get through. I mean, it's, it's in the air. 
Yeah. 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 That's what it is. It's crystallized. Yeah. <laughs> this movie reminded air. me of years ago. I mean, we don't we have man-made lakes around here, so to speak, for reservoirs and everything. And sometimes when the, when it's blistering hot for days and days and days, um, there's a certain microbe that you know if you get it in your mouth or in your nose or anything, it'll make you really sick. This was go- this has happened le- hasn't Ooh. happened last summer, but it kind of reminded me of it because you know we got really sick from swimming about 15 years ago when the kids were little and stuff. And I'm just like, you just never know. <laughs> well, you think of like different, you know, Flintwood, you think of like in California, like the whole, what, where I grew up was where the Aaron Brockovich thing was, where the water oh, yeah. was laced with lead. And so you think of all like just that and how there are examples of this happening, but now this is like to an extreme of, is it a microbe that's literally now just transforming us because it's right. like fighting back? Like, well, screw you. You messed with us long enough. Now we're going to just transform you. And it still was weird because a woman was like, it's not, it no, him. no, it's transforming because the guy in the basement, if you look at the guy in the basement, he looked like this, like, like he had no eyes. He had no, yeah, like the milky white mouth. eyes and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and the thing is, is that, and whether you're a virus or a microbe or something like that, they do change very rapidly. I mean, you know, let's take COVID. It's been a year yeah. and we are now into the fourth, you know, transmutation of it. Right. Within yeah. a year's time. So, I mean, it, yeah. they, you know, these things move quite quickly. They move, you know, change quite quickly to whatever they're yeah. going to be. And, and adapt um, quickly, you know. Adapt, yeah. I mean, they're strong. They're strong. I mean, the flu comes back every year, but it's the same right. flu. It's just adapted to become yeah. stronger every single year. You know, though strangely enough, no one's had cheer. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> COVID, so I'm going to take a vacation. I'll come back next year when COVID's taking a vacation. Okay. Exactly. With, with the uh, what is it? With the killer hornets or the hell they were? Killer, killer hornets. Bees. What else was there? There was the killer hornets, and I don't know. Yeah. There was a couple other things. I can't remember what. Too many things. It was too many. Yeah, <laughs> it was like what now? Like Jesus, forest fires. Like I mean, I, uh, yeah. I know if, it, if last year hadn't been the end of the world, you know. Yeah. Twenty twenty one did not start off so great down here in Texas. That's for sure. <laughs> like uh, uh, it, it is moving fast. I feel like last year was like a snail's pace. Now it's like, oh my god, we're like. I just can't believe the year has gone by. We were all talking about being in lockdown. How are we all doing? Because think of like how we were all sitting here doing this last year. You know, because we can do this from home, but I mean, a year. I mean, it just yeah. blew by, even though it seemed like it was never going to get over. Yeah, it's adaptability, just it's like microbes adapt. <laughs> well, well, I mean, didn't uh, get us. I mean, we're still in lock. We're still in lockdown here. I mean, our our first part of lockdowns on the nineteenth of April, then the nineteenth of May is the next thing, and we should be totally out of lockdown by June. But I mean, but shielding patients have to go back to work on the 1st of April. So that'll be interesting. They'll get yeah. sick with everything because they've been locked up for last year. Well, I just found out the group that I'm in is getting vaccinated on the 29th or well, they're going to start vaccinating us on the 29th. So hopefully Great. that means I'll be able to actually get on with life again. Yeah, I'm getting my second one next week. Great. I, I get my like second one next week. With a lead pipe, though. It hurt. I was sore and I didn't feel good for a couple of days, but I don't do well with the flu shot either, though. Yeah, mm. that's what I've heard. Is that the next day it kind of kicks your ass a little? They said the second one, the second Pfizer, kicked your ass. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, was I mean, uh, the Moderna one, but you know, this is what happens when you inject yourself with pandemic. I guess you're not going to feel good. <laughs> well, your body is going to react to any type of virus, so yeah. whatever it is. So, 
Well, I mean, the 20, 24 <laughs> hours after the, you have a vaccination anyway, you're always going to feel knackered because that's your immune yeah. system fight back. My arm was sore for a full up. four days. That for... As long as it doesn't turn me into Nicolas Cage, I'll be fine. Yeah, as long as we don't start <laughs> As long as the alpaca farm don't I got the freaking alpaca. I'm gonna go milk it. Alpacas. We do, we got alpaca farms all over out here. I love alpaca. I like animals better than people. Why where did the hell did that come from? How why are people getting alpacas right now? Well, that we have such a Peruvian thing. They have whole <laughs> camel it's, it's, farms out west, out west Texas. You just drive down I twenty out to West Texas, camel farm, camel farm, just camel farm. So weird. <laughs> but can't you eat? Can't they? Can't you eat? Can't you eat? Do you, do you eat them? They, they eat them. I can't. I couldn't. But no, you can. You can eat. You can eat alpaca, but it's more there. It's like a. It's like their fur. fur. It's their a fur wool. that's like a sheep. It's like wool. Yeah, yeah but softer. Could, it's actually more silkier. I wouldn't eat yeah. alpaca. They're too cute. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. Anything looks good on a plate. Anything looks good on a plate as long as I'm a hypocrite and it came packaged and I didn't have anything to do with that. So. Well, the other choice meat in Peru is uh, guinea. Guinea pigs. Guinea, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Hard pass. Well, that's going to be like... They're, I imagine they're a bit like squirrel and things like, like that. Yeah. They're, just kind of ro- they're like rodents, aren't they? Be like, Sorry for any vegans who are listening right now. <laughs> We're like, well, what else can you eat? <laughs> Whatever creature. You can probably pretty much eat anything. I mean, people eat gators and, and snakes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, can, you can eat any animal that's going across the face of the earth if you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Except cockroaches. Cockroaches apparently oh God, give somebody- you a very good sense, good, good, good sense of protein. Apparently, apparently, uh, bugs are a good sense of protein. So apparently, yeah. mealworms. Oh all God, those we are were like, down like in Oaxaca, way down in Mexico. Man, they had barrels of crickets. mealworms. Oh, crickets! Yeah, crickets. Ugh, people are eating them like popcorn. It's like no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean that's the problem of coming from a civilized country, world like we've all come from. We just I know we're so help. civilized. We, the, the primitives is like, what do they get up to? I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> the primitives. <laughs> how, 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 how dare they? You know, we eat civilized things like Chick Fil A and McDonald's. I don't see what the big deal is a Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Everything. I mean, it's. I mean, it's horrible. I went to China and they were eating Benji and Lassie. I just couldn't cope with it. I bet. <laughs> Dogs too. That is yeah. that is sad because I, there are domesticated, but then you would say some people domesticate goats and cows. Oh, so yeah, the, well, the, some of the people I met traveling were horrified about eggs and cows. You know, so yeah. you know, I mean, it just depends on your culture, I guess. Yeah, I know it depends on what you're growing up with and what you're used to, isn't it? At the end of the day, yeah. yeah. So. So what we're going to do, let's discuss our thoughts. So starting with you, Vicky, what are your final thoughts of the color out of space and the beach house? Well, I thought it was, I mean, I thought they were, I thought it was well put together that these two movies came together because they were similar, but not similar. You almost had like a recurring theme, the transformation through water, 
or, or yeah, because it was both water. One was quite colorful. The other, this well, well, the color out of space was colorful. This movie, yeah. the, the beach house was drab by comparison. And, you know, it was, it was, I don't know, I guess they were both depressing, but I mean, at least the other one was colorful and depressing. This one was just drab and depressing. I felt bad for the older couple. I really did because I just didn't, it just seemed like, well, she, she just had given up, I guess. And that's what's sad about watching it. I thought that they were just weird to begin with that couple. I don't know why this was, that movie was a comfort zone issue for me for some reason. Don't know why. But the color out of space, it was the alpaca thing bothered me really bad. If you like alpacas, don't watch this movie. <laughs> but I mean, they're both well done. <laughs> they, they, they're, I really liked it. I've watched them both a couple times now. And, you know, it's one of those movies I, I have nothing against watching. Sort of like, you know, I would never watch. Um, what was that movie you said we'd never watch again, Keith? We just did the book. Uh, Robinson Crusoe. I will never oh, watch yeah, that again. Yeah. I have no to. I mean, there's not enough weed in the world to smoke before watching. <laughs> but th- this one, this one, these two were really excellent. I thought they were well done. They're great films. I mean, I highly suggest them to people. I mean, at least watch them once. You know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. they were they they weren't fun. They were depressing. And the first one leaves you with a lot of questions. And at the end of this movie, um, she's trying to be brave. Beach House. She's trying to be brave as the the waves come in. So, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, you're going to walk away from it feeling like, oh, wow, that was great. You know, it was sad. So, And what about yourself, Joe? What are your final thoughts? Uh, with Color Out of Space, I, I, I think that one actually is kind of fun. But I think that's just because Nicolas Cage going batshit is yeah. just always fun. Um, there's... Um, like Vicky said, it leaves you with a lot of questions, which is something that I like in a lot of movies. Like some of my favorite movies are Mulholland Drive and Once Upon a Time in America, which are movies that at the end of the day, that movie. yeah, I mean, they, they leave you with a lot of questions you don't know. And it, it makes you revisit it again in, in a pleasant way, in a good way, because it's right. it's like a mystery that you're trying to unravel. Um, Color Out of Space definitely, uh, definitely fits that mold. Um Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Loved how it looks. Loved how it's shot. Loved the effects. Uh, Nicholas Cage turns it into something that any other actor would have, <laughs> would have probably not done as well. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't have been. Because the script fun. was written for him, it was perfect for him because he he does throw a good fit. Let's admit it. Yeah. Oh, he does. Uh, the Beach House is more straightforward storytelling. Again, very good film, but I kind of. I guess had a difficult time processing it until like I talked things over uh, with, with you guys. It, was um, a process. it did have, it did have that, that sense of, you know, that sense of melancholy through the whole thing. And there was uh, nothing but, happy about this film at all. Nothing. Well, no, I mean, because like John pointed out, it's two relationships coming to an end for different reasons. One is somebody's dying. The other one is, you know, and also like Keith said, you know, um, what was his name? Randall. Randall was going to be the one that was going to be left holding on to, uh, to the relationship when that one ended. And um, so, yeah, two, two different films covering similar, similar topics. Um, I really enjoyed both of them, especially on the second viewing of the beach house. I think I needed to get it away from the color out of space. Cause I think, 
my mind was just so frayed when I when I saw the Colorado space and then immediately followed it with the beach house. That was, that a, I, mentally, that was a mentally, it, it was yeah. a mental draw. You almost needed a break. I took a day break. I, I, I couldn't watch both of them back to back. Yeah, when I when I watched uh, the Beach House the following night, I I ended up uh, liking it a lot more. I wonder if the reverse, if I'd watched the Beach House first, if it would have been, uh, if it would have worked out better. Because I think you, Color Out of Space, I just don't think you could really follow. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I you know. can follow that. Movie. You're pretty brain dead after the first initial <laughs> <You're> viewing. <laughs> it's it's like that meme with the with the woman doing all the math in her head. It's like what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said it's like 4 30 in the morning i, I hear the phone go off so go, what the hell did i just watch it was, you. <laughs> it was good love them both though for totally different reasons and what about yourself john uh i definitely love both of them i love the love craftiness of of uh color of outer space or color of space right um i i really felt like i had to think deep about that movie and try to understand what the meaning of it. And sometimes you just can't. And it's about, it really is about the unknown and kind of letting that, that fester inside you and sit inside you. Like, what is this about? And it's a little, it's a little weird and awkward and odd. And we will never know the answers to this. And so it's like, you kind of just let it wash over you pun intended. Uh, And then the beach house was, extreme i actually loved that film because i kind of saw that the relationships that were there and now i've been thinking about it if you think about the woman didn't die she kind of broke free and and maybe crawled into the ocean maybe she was with her husband so that maybe this saved her and it transformed her and her husband and now they're together so there is something i'm thinking about as an afterthought like poetic about the fact that they both approach death with open arms and look at it kind of maybe transform them versus, you know, the, you know, the boyfriend, um, Randall, you know, he, he got clocked and clocked out. And then Emily, it was a, an embrace of change. So I didn't see it as less sad. I think I saw it as more as like hopeful and, and hope that it wasn't something that was I thought it was bad. just kind of a dark movie myself. But. I don't know. I think it's just a, it, it, it is a significance that we all change, right? So we as human beings change. So it is, I think it approaches, if you approach it from that way, it's like, it is scary. The unknown of what these things are. You never saw something attack her. Like even the thing in the basement didn't lunge at her. It just right. was transforming. Like, so you don't know what, what its purpose was, but definitely love both of the films. Um, I'll recommend them to many people because I think it's, the one is very trippy. I mean, the color is like very trippy. Yeah. Um, and I love that because I love, we, I don't think we do as much sci-fi and I love sci-fi. I love, I love like, sci-fi too. you know, what if a family moves to a house and a meteor hits and the fucking, the water changes it <laughs> and like, uh, there's a llamas, there's now a quadruple llama thingy. And I mean, that was, <laughs> I just love that. I love that element of the what if, you know. What about you, Keith? Um, I think that basically, I like I like both these films. I like any kind of horror film that kind of pushes the boundaries and tries to do something that we haven't seen 150 times before or more. And that's what I like, like about them. I also like, for me, the reason why I think that's, for me, the reason why I put the two films together is basically, yeah, you do have like the ecological side of it. The one's pursued by you know, an alien, the other one's pursued by, by nature and man. Yeah. But what I quite also like is that you have <clears throat> these tragedies and these things happening within the ecology system, but then you have how it's affecting a nuclear relationships 
next to it. So you're not you, you're not dealing with things like great big huge towns and everything like that. You just have this nuclear situation, whether it's the nuclear family or the two nuclear relationships that we have here and how they result. And basically how, you know, you know, in color of space, what you have is that you have a family who's basically are, are breaking down at the same time that their relationships are breaking down. What we got is their their consciousness and everything is breaking down with them. And, you know, if they're not breaking down, they're actually mending together to become something else. Um, as though what you will but see. What? If, um, that was the whole thing with the first movie. Well, what that's the thing. Come? That's, a, that's you know. Part of- yeah, but that, that's that's the thing, though. It's like, you know, when you do when that does happen, what do you what do you become situation? And then the same thing with the beach house. We have that mirror, the simple fact that, you know, as we were saying that when you have relationships breaking down and then what do you become? Um, after that what are you, who are you going to be what's going yeah. to become of you and and how and how and, and the person that you design is it going to be the person that you hope that you're going to be or is this the, or are you going to end up being the person that you think you're going to be or are you going to be something else and i quite like that that these two these two films actually mirror mirror <coughs> each other in a weird way so they are very very different in their approach but there are some similarities that do go i do think that if you were going to watch this as a double bill I would probably switch the two films around sort of yeah. thing. Oh, so Beach House uh, first, then Color? Yeah, only because it's like, because I think that, I think there's enough in Color of Space to keep you going, keep you interested, and keep your mind and your eyes totally um, in awe of what you're seeing, where the Beach House is a slow burn, and it does slow up, and, it, and you do have things. And you know, though, though it is 88 minutes, it and it, it feels like, by the time you finish it, you feel like you've seen a more in-depth, fuller film at the yeah. end of the 80 minutes. So it does. So it doesn't. It doesn't feel like. I don't want to sit there and say that it feels like you've seen a longer film because it doesn't feel long whatsoever. But because this is a slow build, burn, you feel like you've. You know, you have to pay attention. Right. But the color of space is a kind of film that you do watch, but you don't really have to pay attention. It's a film that you need to let wash over you. And then once it washes over you, it becomes something else and something that you're definitely looking at. Um, like I mean, like a David Lynch film. Yeah. I mean, you also have the, with, with the color out of space, if you watch that first, like I did, I spent like the majority of time after that, I was thinking about the color out of space. Like yeah. I, I wasn't able to focus on, uh, on the beach house because the color out of space is so perplexing a little bit it does yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah i mean and, it changes and, you <laughs> and, and i have yeah. to say that both films are very very thought-provoking as well and they and like mulholland drive as you were mentioning <laughs> of that ilk on you know the color of space and the beach house is probably not good probably maybe not to watch them side by side because they do haunt your consciousness long after the film's over with and you find yourself for a couple of days do thinking about it and trying to yeah. like come through it and and it be, and it becomes like different meanings to you as you know as the days pass from so yeah but yeah so I, I quite like the both of them and it's good to see i mean i can't wait to see hopefully what the second part of the trilogy is going to be of lovecraft by stanley if that hopefully that that does get made i'll be right. interested to see what that happens what happens with that because um contrary to richard stanley's private life at the moment um i have to say that i'm a huge fan i did like you know i I love hardware and i did love dust devil and i thought they were some of the best movies that come out of the 80s as far as horror goes right
We are challenged as human beings to change, to become something more than the sum of our parts. But once we enter our cocoon, what will the metamorphosis bring, preservation or destruction? If you are lost in the colors of madness and need a pink light to shine the way, on, head on over to our website at llpodcast.com to check out all of our social and podcast platforms, listen to all of our past episodes, become a patron, and sign up to our monthly newsletter to read our reviews of books to screen and everything in between. For our next episode, the team will be continuing their supernatural soapy road trip review of the, the Dark Shadow series. As always, we'd like to thank you for downloading, liking, and sharing the Literary License Podcast. Stay safe out there, folks. Bye. <laughs>